You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses. Today, I want to chat about six common mistakes I love women to avoid when it comes to our money and our finances. I'm excited about this topic as we recently did a webinar presentation to a group of women talking about investing and how they can get started. But since Main Street folks um, here on this side, are uh, all of our advisors are really focusing on the planning side of things. And uh, we couldn't help it, but just really point out some of the things that may be obvious to some um, and not as obvious to others uh, on, that you can actually start working on. So I'm going to go through six of them, really talk a little bit about each. And then you, if you find something that really resonates with you, let me know. And I'm really happy to expand uh, more on each particular because I think there's more than just a quick discussion for each of these items. Okay, so here they are. Number one is a common mistake that I see women make is actually really waiting to become an expert. And I'm talking about an expert in money, an expert in personal finances, anything to do with this topic. And um, I'm not sure whether that's just something that there's a uh, gender difference in terms of how men approach finances versus women, but it seems to be that, and I, I know that probably from a personal experience where I've taken a little bit more extra time to act on something until I was more confident when I, or I've read up on uh, on more information or I listened to a podcast or I've talked to, uh, to an expert. And so it's just until it gave me more confidence, then I was able to really start implementing. And so the game of actually doing things, right, and any, any success in life is to really start to actually follow through and take action. So if anything, next time, what I want you to take away from this discussion is when you cross this path or when you find yourself at at kind of facing these situations, just think about what you're going to do next, right? So I want to give you a practical tip. So when you find yourself next at a crossroad of making a decision, whatever it is, whether it is um, investing in something or setting up a savings account or really looking you know, into deeper stuff like making sure you are on track for retirement um, or planning for your kids' college education. I mean, there's lots of different topics or you're just not unsure about any of them. Really just start taking the first step. That's probably going to solve most of the, of the issues you're facing. If you just start moving, things are going to fall into place and you do not need to be a hundred percent expert in any of this to begin the whole journey. Okay. All right. So that's number one. Number two is that we tend to be a little bit too conservative with a time horizon when it comes to investing. And so the, really the talk that we gave last week 
to a group of women investors really was focused on that. But I, I think it's a, definitely a biggest mistake um, out there. And so how do you kind of reshift your thinking around this? And conservative, it, there's a definition for that, right? Everybody has a different risk tolerance. And, and that all just refers how much risk you're willing to take for the reward that you're actually going to get. And that could be investing in the stock market. It could be investing, it could be investing period, whether it's stock market, bond market, you pick it, you pick real estate market, anything. You could be starting a business, right? So long-term time horizon is actually the real key to the success of why you should take a little bit more risk. Of course, if your situation allows, but Again, when you find yourself at this crossroad, think about time, concept of time. And really, the more time you have, the more risk you should take. That's basically what it comes down to because you have time in case things don't work out as well to recover, restart again. So use that time. But if you're sitting on the sidelines and you know you have a long time until your particular goal, just, you know, just try, try, try to revisit that concept. All right. Number three is when you look at your portfolio as a whole, just because you've started a retirement account, if you set up an IRA account, if you have a 401k or retirement type of a plan at work, is actually probably half the battle of actually getting started on the path of investing. But what, what we see as a mistake is that you actually don't invest the money inside those accounts. And so it's like we have clients who come, come to us and are like so proud and they've taken that first step, which is awesome. Like you've started on this path of investing, but just because you put money in that account and don't invest it, isn't gonna get us far. So like leaving those uninvested monies in cash or sitting, letting them sit in the money market account isn't going to get you there. So if you are at this cross point, right, and maybe you were worried over the last 12 months that we've been going through the COVID and the whole world upside down, maybe this is my reminder for you to go back and take a look. Do you have any cash sitting in those retirement-focused, long-term-focused accounts, investment accounts in general, unless that's your particular strategy, but put it to work, okay? Number four, women tend to miscalculate the cost of leaving the workforce. And a lot of it too, I think we've heard over the last 12 months with the COVID that we are going through and pandemic that you know a lot of women had to t- take a step back and, and take care of their families. And so when you're evaluating a decision and it is not a bad decision, it's probably the best decision you're going to make in your life, but looking at the cost of, okay, and this is typical what you hear, okay, if I have to pay for daycare and I'm not earning this much, right? Or at some point, if you have more than one child and you have to pay for two or three daycares and my paycheck is only gonna equate to this much, what's the point for me to just to work to pay for daycare? And that's probably the first logical kind of calculation you should evaluate, whether your cash flow or your budget allows for something like that or it doesn't really make any sense. But I want you to think long-term. Kids are gonna grow up, right? But can you really recoup the time that you're going to be out of the workforce? And it's probably beyond what I can describe today on this episode in terms of how to calculate that because everybody's career is different. Your, Your ramping up phase will be different depending on what your skills are, how employable you are after taking a break. Um, so 
just consider all of those things. Don't just say, all right, daycare costs this much and I'm making uh, X amount of dollars. And if I you know, have more kids to take care of, then it's really not going to make any financial sense. So that's one side. The other side is think about the missed opportunities for saving and investing that you're doing while you're taking care of the family, which is definitely the priority. But that's another variable that needs need to go into that equation. So I want you to just not to simply calculate just one obvious thing there. Okay, number five is leaving your finances solely to your partner's hands. And maybe, maybe this is just the dynamic of the older generation, right? The baby boomer generation where, and you may see this in your grandparents' relationships or in your parents' relationships, if your grandparents are still around. The, the, you know, the husband typically t- takes care of the finances or women are, or maybe there's a division of labor. Like, I'd like to believe that that's the case. Um, but I want you to, if you're not really into this, and this is, if this is a podcast for you to listen and really dive in deeper and start to understand some of these concepts, take active role in, in, in this. Take active role in asking questions. Take an active role. You don't have to get a financial planning degree, so not to sweat it, not, not where I'm going. But being active and, and, and participating is already going to start to show things for you that you weren't paying attention. Maybe something in the news you're going to hear now. And if you're looking into asking questions and understanding where things are, you're going to hear different information. It's going to be receptive to you a lot better. So it really just comes down to like opening your mind to start to absorb these things. Now, on the other side of this too, I mean, you know, God forbid there's ever a day where you have to become in charge of it for whatever reason, right? That's just, you know, real life situations. But why would you want to wait until something like that happens and you're forced to be put in those situations? So I suggest just for you to start being a little bit more active about it. Even though you may not be making all the money in, in, in your household, and that's okay. It's not about who makes how much. It's about how do you really do this together? And so one thing I've done really well with Yuri is, and it, you know, our dynamic is quite different too because we're two professionals, two financial professionals. Yuri is a CPA by training and um, you know, so it's like you have a CPA and you have a certified financial planner. And it's like, it's not like we don't agree on things. That's not really the case. But we have very strong opinions about how some things are, you know, supposed to be done. And so it's really about like the open communication channel and having conversations. So I called those money dates years ago, just trying to get Yuri to, to participate in some of the things I wanted to have. And so we found that to be just a, a trick for our minds to get both of us on the same page. So if anything, ask for your partner to have a money date with you where maybe perhaps you can just have a quick discussion and a re- review of how all of your finances are doing, okay? All right, my last one here, mistake number six to avoid is to not have conversations about pay increases in salary. Like that's probably the least and the, the, the least favored and most uncomfortable one for all of us. But it, you all have heard how there's like this comparison where a woman applies for a job and she looks at the description and qualifications and like in, in our minds, we just need to make sure we check all the boxes and you have another you know, male counterpart who applies and he sees one of the things that he's qualified for and he just goes to apply for the job. So um, it's like, 
having having ongoing conversations right with with in the workplace um, is really really healthy it's really healthy for for you to see how much progress you make and oh and of course obviously having conversations about pay increase if you deserved it right if if that's what what's necessary but not having those conversations isn't really on your side as well so if anything, and I, it's really actually funny because um, I just last week, last week we had our, I usually have once a year review, per, we call them personal reviews here at Main Street um, for, all, for all the folks on the team. And so last week, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had one for, for, our, for our Cassie, uh, our client service manager, and she made this big case of why she actually deserved to have a raise. Now, I was blown away first of all, by, by, by how uh, prepared she came to the actual meeting. And it was really not a question uh, in my mind, right, as someone who makes a decision on those kinds of things, as whether to give her a raise. It was more about, wow, okay, this person really thought about this. She made the case for what, you know, how she helped add value to the overall team and the company. So, yeah, it was, it was really something... Um, something else that I could talk about on uh, on another episode. So, in summary, when you're looking at this landscape of, of personal finances and, and and wanting to be in charge, there's really things that you can start just tweaking in your in your daily life. And it's not it's not the end if you've been in in this situation where you've made these mistakes. Things are fixable, so not to get worried. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, remember, you are the bosses of your own money. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, So don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.